Hey, Spencer. Yeah? How much writing are you going to get done when you're quarantined at home for the, the coronavirus? I mean, at this point, that's the only way any writing's writing going to get done is when, I, I'm not, when I'm forced to not go outside or do anything. Yeah, I've, I've been kind of hoping I get quarantined. Like, I feel like with my job, I'll probably actually have to, like, do overtime. Like, I'll just be out all the time. Like, God damn it! Every, everybody else will get quarantined. Yeah, and I'll have to fucking save the day. I don't want to do that. I hate so, saving the day. No. I feel like you would also probably have to, like, work overtime while all your, you know, coworkers are dead or dying or whatever's happening. Work with a lot of elderly folk. Oh, fuck. They're canceling everything. And now I'm like, oh, man, I'm supposed to go see Joe Rogan in May. Yeah. Uh, I got that Steve-O stand-up I'm going to in April, so that's probably going to be canceled, I'd imagine. And then um, uh, Three Rivers Con. Yeah. Oh, there's some good cons coming up. Mother fucking Corona. Who, whose fault is this? Who do we blame? Um, I, uh... <laughs> Go on. Say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it. Just say it. I don't want to. <laughs> you know you want to. <laughs> No, because if I say it, I'll probably be, be even more offensive because I'll name the wrong kind, you know? Ooh. <laughs> so, let's leave it there. Right. Oh, we got a new sponsor today. P.F. Chang. <laughs> oh, man. That's got to suck for the Chinese fast food business. Like, the delivery business. And stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a million Chinese food places around here. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last, like, month, not even, like, the last couple weeks, like, all the Chinese... There's the Chinese buffet got shut down. Uh, there's one in Peter's um, in the rich area that got shut down. Wow. Going out towards Pittsburgh. Yeah, because of sanitary reasons. I just know like a lot of, um, I'm like, because uh, uh, there's that big um, Emerald City Comic Con. Yeah. Like they per- uh, postponed. It's not technically ca- canceled yet. Postponed. But, um,. You know, I keep on hearing about how, like, you know, a lot of the restaurants and hotels and stuff, you know, they, you know, they rely on that, you know, those big, uh, like, traveling yeah. money, you know, and stuff like that. And how not only is it, like, affecting the cons and stuff, but it's affecting all the local economy. Well, E3 just got canceled. And yeah. That's one of the biggest, like, gaming and technology events there is. So, and, like, the, what, South by Southwest canceled? Yeah. Coachella's probably going to be canceled if that's a thing coming up. Everything's canceled. Well, the hashtag on Twitter today was cancel everything. By the time this episode airs, we, fuck, who knows what the world will look like. Though the best, the best was when you posted the 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 meme or snapshot of Stephen King talking about how Corona's not <laughs> yeah. like the stand and the one guy was like, how would you know? You probably never even read it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. I hope that that guy like that I think was, that guy was a troll. Like, I, I, Can't I do that. Hope, He's not that dumb. I hope so. Yeah, I think he's just pulling the old uh, his old Johnson out and showing everybody. Hey there, people. You are listening to the Drunk Pen Writing Podcast. Drunk and Bullshit Edition. Though neither of us are actually drinking. No. Gotta keep my immune system up in case the corona comes to town. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer 
the Uruguay Urinator Church. <laughs> Ooh. Um, what are we talking about today, Spencer? Uh, the link that you just sent me five minutes ago is about the ten best comic book movie adaptations that aren't DC or Marvel. That's a mouthful. So people probably won't give a shit. Do, do, do. This is by Screen Rant, written by Savannah DeLeo. Shout out to Savannah. I put this up because it's a new article that just came out, and it's hard to find good new articles. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go through all the introductions and stuff. We'll just go to the list, though. Because, uh, you know, we always talk about the comic book movies, but there's a lot of movies people don't realize were based on comic books. And a couple of uh, the ones on here I was even surprised about. Oh, by the way, did you know Anthony Bourdain had a comic? Yeah, I think he had two. It looked pretty goddamn cool. Like, uh, I remember, like, um, one of the graphic novels was something with, like, a chef and happened that, like, there was, like, battles, like, kind of, like, gang battles or something like that, I think. And then I I think he had a second one, or he was close to having a second one whenever he died. Yeah. So I don't know if that ever got published or not. I'd imagine it did. Yeah, as long as it was, you know, done, done. All right, number 10 on this list of fancy movies. Blue is the warmest color. Came out in 2013, and there's some ladies smooching. See, I didn't uh, just quickly go and do this. I, this one I'm not familiar with either. The, is this French? Maybe. I'm not familiar with either the movie or the comic, comic that it's based off of. Le Bleu est une color chaude. Is a graphic novel written and illustrated by Julie Moreau. Mara? Mara. I'm sorry, Julia. I know I messed up your name because it's... Uh, is it French? I don't think that's French. Anyway, so the book was published in 2010. The English language version, Blue is the Warmest Color, also known as Blue Angel, was later published in 2013. The graphic novel received widely positive reviews and was adapted into a film in the same year it was published in English. That's rare that happens. Yeah, right? Then again, I guess because it came out in 2010. Yeah, yeah. Um, they probably, you know, they could have seen it beforehand yeah, and read it before. Uh, the film version of Blue is the Warmest Color premiered at the 2013 Cannes Film Festival, developed in French with English subtitles. The film followed its source material closely, managing to be just as bleak and heart-wrenching as the graphic novel of the same name. As depressing as it is, this story is still considered to be iconic to this day. I wish they would have gave a synopsis of the, you know, the, the, the actual the story. story yeah. That's one of the few, on, like you said, I haven't heard of that one. I looked at the list. I might have to check that out whenever I go up to Collins later. Allow me some French stuff. It, was that French? Yeah, I'm, th- I'm kind of stupid, people. I don't know. <laughs> but we're both not the, the <laughs> smartest. We're lucky that we have the whatever grasp we have on the English English language, and that's not even like a strong one. No. Writing career might have been a bad choice. Number nine, Hellboy. Which, this needs to be higher. Hellboy I, needs to be higher. Is I this get, in an order of like the just the best? Or well, I don't know. It but just says think 10. Yeah, but, yeah, it needs to be higher. You though. didn't know. Spencer likes Hellboy because yeah. he likes to read the comics like some kind of fucking geek. Well, I mean, the movies were good, too. They were the first two movies. If you say so. I didn't watch them. Not a, not a big Hellboy guy. I don't like that he didn't have the horns. At, at times he has horns. I want a horn all through. See, I thought you were like a... Don't you like uh, Rob Perman, though? No. Oh, I thought you were... Was he in Sin City? I think he was. I thought no. not, not the first one, the sequel. Well, may I don't know. I didn't watch the sequel. I remember something with his weird ass head. I don't have a problem with Ron Perlman. I just never really got into the Hellboy stuff. 
Uh, for those who don't know, I guess we should probably read it anyway. Hellboy is a character that first began appearing in 1993 in miniseries and one-shots before the first full-length graphic novel, Hellboy, Seed of Destruction, was published by Dark Horse Comics in 94. In 2004, the first of multiple Hellboy film ad- adaptations was released in theaters. Guillermo del Toro wrote, directed, and produced a Hellboy f- the first Hellboy film, which is why it was awesome. Yeah. Though it only loosely followed its source material and virtually created its own lore for the notorious superhero, Del Toro's film is widely regarded as the best adaptation of this character and story. This is another reason why I thought you would have, uh, would have maybe, would have checked it out. Because, uh, you know, because of Del Toro, I figured, you know, you a big kind of, and you know, it got monsters and stuff in it. I like monsters. Yeah. I know you do. That's why I thought you would. Homework. Yeah. See, that was just, Hellboy is one of those things where it's just like, I only have so much time. It's like, you sometimes you gotta cut off things. Like, I never watched The Wire, because I just, I can't. How, the Wire's great! <laughs> go and go into that real quick. I understand it's great. It's always gonna be great. Maybe Look, I'm not watch. saying you have to watch the new Hellboy, but you should probably watch the first two. Well, if the coronavirus comes to town and I'm quarantined, then I'll have some free time. Yeah. Number eight, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. That came out in 2010. In August of 2004, Canadian author and illustrator Brian Lee O'Malley created the first volume of his soon-to-be cult classic comic series, Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, was published by Ani Press, and would later be followed up by five more volumes. The comic series concluded in 2010, the same year that the film adaptation, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, was released worldwide. Today, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is considered to be one of the most accurate, iconic examples of a classic comic series brought to life. With its popping, vibrant imagery and unerring casting, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is fondly remembered and well-loved to this day. Starring one Chris Evans as the bad boyfriend. Yeah, I... I never watched that movie, actually. I've never watched the movie, nor... Like, I knew of them, but I never watched the movie and never read the... Because the, I think that the graphic novels are supposed to be slider to, like, a younger... Like, a young yeah. age kind of thing. But I never watched the movie because of uh, the, the star. Um, You're not a Michael Sarah guy? I, <laughs> to those that know me, well, no, I'm not a... Never watched Arrested Development? I liked Arrested Development, but I didn't like him. Fair enough. He's like a worse version of... Um, Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. Uh, that's a episode for another day discussing those two. I don't like either of them. Oh, fuck. Sorry, I clicked off the thing. Number seven. Now, this one was interesting for me. Old Boy, 2003. Old Boy is a Japanese manga series that ran from 96 to 98, spanning eight volumes and 79 collective chapters. Being a complex and multi-layered story, bringing it to life on the big screen was definitely not an easy task. But in 2003, director Park Chan-wook adapted the Old Boy series into a critically acclaimed award-winning film by the same name. The film adaptation of Old Boy is often considered to be one of the most disturbing movies to come out of the 2000s. It's still talked about to this day, and it's worth noting that the 2003 adaptation of Old Boy still garners much more recognition than the more recent 2013 adaptation. I've actually only watched the Josh Brolin 2013 adaptation, and that was fucked up. I uh, I didn't see that one, but I, I saw the Japanese version because our um, former coworker um, Alan he um, you know he was always into that stuff, so he had the movie and he let me borrow it. And yes, if it's anything like that version, it is fucked up. I never read the read the manga though, manga. However you wanna incest in the morning. Whew. Yucky. Yeah. 
It's a very gross revenge plot. So messed up. Number six, A History of Violence, 2005. I did not know this was a graphic novel. Yeah. Before the 2005 hit film was released, a graphic novel titled A History of Violence was published in 97, written by John Wagner and illustrated by Vince Locke, originally published by a rather obscure company, Paradox Press. This standalone graphic novel did not garner much attention until its film adaptation hit theaters nearly 10 years later. Some don't even know that this film was inspired by a graphic novel, which is understandable as its tone and visuals bear striking striking differences from other film adapted from comics. I see. I've actually read and watched uh, both versions of that. What did you think? They were good. You know, obviously, I like the super vi- like hyper violence of the movie. Right. If I remember correctly, though, the especially like the ending was a little bit different, but it was still pretty good. Uh, if I remember one time, I'll bring it over so you can um, not watch it. Well, no, well, you can like leap through, like leap uh, through it and check book. and check it out. Yes, maybe, perhaps one day that'll be a thing. I do. Number five, Persepolis, came out in two thousand seven. This looks a little funky. The first Persepolis graphic novel was published in two thousand and depicted the life of author and illustrator Marjane Satrapi and her experience growing up during the Islamic Revolution. Persepolis was later followed up with a sequel that was published in 2004, and a film adaptation of the same name was released in 2007. With strong social commentary, both the novels and the film version of Persepolis remains relevant to this day. The story is timeless and was beautifully brought to life in a memorably animated film. I've never heard of Persepolis. You're not keen on the foreign foreign, uh, graphic novels here, are you? No, 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 I don't... I, I actually don't see uh, him anywhere. I actually thought about um, looking up like the top graphic novels, e- foreign graphic novels, or foreign comic book writers. Yeah, but I didn't want to be here all day. <laughs> right. Number four. I actually watched this a couple months ago. And it was so cool. It was a good movie. Snowpiercer, two thousand thirteen. Snowpiercer was originally published in French entitled Le Transpersonnage. Transpersonnage. How would you pronounce that? Really? Le <laughs> trans personage. Sounds about as good as anything that I that would come out of my mouth. <laughs> it was released in 82 by the company Casterman, and it wasn't until decades later in 2014 that an English version of this cult classic was released. That must have been really shitty in uh, 82. Like the, the gra- you know, plowing through fucking mountains and shit. Oh, yeah. A year before that, however, Academy Award winning director Bong Joon-ho Bong Joon-ho wrote and directed a film adaptation of the French graphic novel. The critically and commercially acclaimed film called attention to its source material, with the English version being published shortly after the film's worldwide debut. Debut. I did not know that was a French graphic novel. I knew that it was based off of a graphic novel. Uh, then later on, I found out it being, you know, from a different country. I didn't check it out, but I have seen the... Um the trade, like, you know, yeah. at, at stores that I, I was thinking about picking it up one day. Now, I might have a reason to. There you go. But again, we could almost do this list and it just be like 10 Chris Evans uh, comic book editing. <laughs> like. Yeah, he's a... I didn't realize he's so many comic book themed movies. Yeah. Fantastic Four, Snowpiercer, Captain America, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, it's probably not going to be under here, uh, but he was in The Losers. Yeah. And that was a Vertigo book, which was, I think it was Vertigo. 
If not, it was Image, and then if it was, it should have definitely been on Hayblood. If it's Vertigo, it's like a branch of DC, so. All right. Speaking of Chris Evans, did we talk about Knives Out? I just watched that. We have. Weekend. I think, I remember you telling me that it was, no, maybe not. I remember you telling me you was wanted, wanted to try to watch it. Yeah, I watched it, and it was poopy. Oh, yeah? I didn't like it. I thought it was boring and predictable. Oh, okay. It was stupid. I didn't like it. Wait, I'm we'll say- gonna like it. Maybe we'll save more of that to the end. Fuck, fine. We're almost, we got, we're almost done. <laughs> really, I wanted to yell about goddamn movie. I spent $6 to rent. Number three, The Mask, 1994. They cannot do this one because I don't see how you can without Jim Carrey. Like, re- reboot it because they've been talking about it forever. Well, they tried that one time. Oh, yeah, they did Jamie Kennedy, and it was <laughs> fuck awful. Out of everybody, too, Jamie Kennedy. Who's just like Jim Carrey? Who's a comedic genius with great physical facial mannerisms and body mannerisms that could perfectly display the mask as a human living thing? Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> fucking b G. I don't think it was even him because wasn't it like the son of the mask? Wasn't it like his baby? Prob- I don't know. Fucking watch it. Garbage. In 1991, the first installment of author Doug Mankey and illustrator John Arcudi's limited series was published by Dark Horse Comics. The original series consisted of three volumes, The Mask, The Mask Returns, and The Mask Strikes Back, and concluded in 1995. However, more installments and spinoffs would succeed it later on. In 1994, while the comic book series was still in its prime, a film adaptation the story hit theaters. Why is, this, why is it weird like that? Typos. Typos. The film was made. <laughs> Uh, this was, of course, yeah, I feel like when I read these, sometimes I sound like, um, a little special, and that's because there's typos in here that I just, I, I just say. I'm like, uh, Ron Burgundy. No, you just read what's Yeah, ever. I just read whatever's written. <laughs> this was, of course, titled The Mask, and starring Jim Carrey as the lead character, Stanley Ipkiss, the dorky bank clerk whose life has changed forever when he encounters the titular supernatural mask. That was a good movie. It was yeah. fun. Very fun. Back whenever Cameron Diaz was still attractive. She got weird looking, didn't she? Her her face got like... Kind of mask-like? The same, but mask-like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, age, man. It gets something. Because she's like... Uh, I don't know. She's not Cuban. She's some kind of Latin, though. Oh, really? Diaz? Come on. Oh, well, yeah. Um... Where she gets like the, I don't know if her blonde hair is natural, but yeah, her she got the, like the the moon face. Like it never was that round. I don't know. I actually remember before we were at we were at book club. There was like a co- big collection of mass books, and I was looking at it. And what what did you say, Caleb? Put it back. You ain't never gonna mess with that. And I was like, Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> did I say that? Something along them lines. You're like, you ain't never gonna read that. And I was like, probably. It sounds like it's something I do. I like <laughs> I, to bully you out of I still want it though. I like bullying you out of reading stuff. Cause that's always something I always wanted to see what the how the movie like Compared, yeah. to, you know, what they because I could only imagine the shit that they got away with in the book compared to what they couldn't do in, in the movie. I mean, you can read it if you want. If you want. I'm not going to stop you. But you know, you don't have to read it. Yeah. There's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of stuff to read. You don't got to read The rat, the Mass Pencer. Only if you really want to. Number two. Cause see, that's what you do. is You make it, the person think it's their idea that they don't want to read it. 
<laughs> the only reason I didn't want you to read it was the reason I don't want you to read a lot of things is because then you'll give it to me to read. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't want to read it. And that's the, that's how we always go down this road. Yeah. That's what it is. Number two, Ghost World in 2001. I didn't know this was a comic either, but it makes sense. The first appearance of what would later become a cult classic story came in author and illustrator Daniel Close comic series, Eight Ball. That's why I didn't know. This is a different name. After the acclaim of said story, it was published as its own standalone graphic novel titled Ghost World. Well, I'm a liar. This occurred in 1997, and in 2001, a film adaptation of the renowned comic book was released. Bringing Ghost World to life on the big screen was achieved on a small budget, but was nonetheless a success. It starred Scarlett Johansson. I didn't know young Scarjo. She had to be like, what, fucking 15? Probably. Uh, started- She's been acting since she was like real she young, did. I think. It starts Carjo and Thora Birch as the lead characters, Rebecca and Anid, Anid, and was even nominated for an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. Sometimes I feel like those they just give those out like yeah. just a random. Like who the fuck is this? Like who who decides that? Yeah, I never heard of like because you have to read the judge. You have to read the whole screenplay, right? I would think so. And that's a lot of screenplays, and they don't even watch all the movies that are nominated, let alone read the screenplays. And they just pick the name they like the most. The film had its worldwide premiere at the Seattle International Film Festival. Internation? Really? Seattle Internation Film Festival? Do you think that's correct? Or do you think they just fucking <laughs> dropped some letters there? Screen Rant, you're really fucking up. I thought these you had an editor over there. Like, isn't this a bigger goddamn site? Like a media company? Uh, you need somebody to... You need an editor for hire. Caleb James is the man to do it. Screen Rant. Anyway, it was not a commercial success. It was a giant flop. Everybody fucking hated it. But it did earn a cult following and holds a respectable reputation. But everybody still hated it at the time of release. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure with either. I've never checked out either of those. And number one, I, uh, you read these, right? 30 I, Days a Night. I've read, I definitely read the first volume. And then I think I had to grab a couple of like the kind of the one-off things. I haven't like read the whole thing. It's about vampires in Alaska. Yeah. That's about it. In August of 2003, the first of three issues of Steve Niles' 30 Days of Night comic miniseries was published. Following that, the other two issues of the horror graphic novel series were published in September and October of that same year. The series did not initially receive much recognition until it was eventually adapted into a film in 2007. Bringing this dark story to life was no easy task, nor was doing justice to the comic book's illustrator, Ben Templesmith's haunting and gruesome take on vampires. I like Ben Templesmith because that's like two last names in one. Yeah. But the film adaptation 30 Days of Night was a success nonetheless, calling attention to both the source material and the vampire genre in general. I'd never read the word adaptation so many times out loud. (laughs) So... I surmise this whole thing. Knives Out was fucking boring. <laughs> I did not care. Okay. You didn't like all the twists? No, no. There was no twist. Here's where it started off where you meet the characters, right? Yeah. I like that. The characters are fun. The acting's good. I enjoyed all the characters for the most part. Daniel Craig was uh he was a mysterious detective guy that's kind of there. Did his accent... <laughs> Did his accent ever get annoying? No, not really, because he was kind of good. What's the thing, though? His character started off as like, oh, he's like a mysterious whatever. And he's all right, leave him alone. And he seemed like a... a... Knights really liked the movie, though. (laughs) He's upset. He doesn't... Yeah, he... Save your disagreements till the end, buddy. Anyway, so 
He like starts off as like seeming like he's smart, and then he becomes like a complete bumbling idiot, and then he all of a sudden is like smart again. So he but, he columboed it. Yeah, but then it's like, was he smart? Like, I don't know. It, that was stupid. But the problem with the whole fucking movie is two main things for me. One, at all these this eclectic cast of crazy characters that you enjoy and you get the little stories and stuff. You're like, oh, because it's a whodunit, so it tells yeah. you like how they might be involved and stuff. All of them are entertaining. You want to hear about all of them. So what do they do? Give them very little screen time and give the maid of the story, the main protagonist, who's the most boring character in the whole fucking movie, she gets the most screen time. She is constantly there, and you have to just be like, ugh. Second part, okay, there's three things I disliked about this. The second part, you knew it wasn't the girl who was the main, because, you know, they always leave it up to, you know, like that, oh, maybe this person would be the killer. That's how who done it. Everybody could be a yeah. killer. Well, she can't because she whenever she tries to lie, she throws up. So immediately that's in play and then she can't lie, so she's and then it shows the whole her part of the story not in con- cuz everybody else tells their story so they can lie to the detectives. They yeah. leave out bits, but you see it play out. You can with each person you yeah. get a different part of the story. Yeah, so you see their stories play out, but then you hear them lying about what you just watched. With her it's not that. It's not her telling anybody. It just shows her story. So it's like, oh, well, she's not at fault here, so she's not the killer. So the main person is out of the picture, which sucks. Third thing, like I said, how they focus on her. Well, the big plot point of this was, um, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but the big plot point is her mom is an illegal immigrant. So she, um, it's hard to say this without giving away the story. But because her mom's an illegal immigrant, if she got busted she for get, yeah for the murder, deported. well, her mom would get deported, and like some other shenanigans went on. So she has to cover up what actually happened, even though she wasn't really at fault. Yeah, and that was like okay, that could be cool if you got to meet the mom and gave a shit about her at all. Oh. But you don't. Okay. She's on screen for literally like two sentences. It's like well, why do I care what happens to the mom? <laughs> I don't know her. They just did such a piss poor job of the main, like the main person, and then her family and her reasons, and it just uh, that was poopy. But I did like. Uh, what was the third? That was the third. Oh, okay. second was the throwing up, and the oh, okay. The first was just her being really boring. But then like Jamie Lee Curtis, great. Chris Evans, great. Also, your main problem is like just with like if they like if they took this character out. If they like they they got rid if of that made, character. If they made her or, fi- or fix that character, either is- made her more enjoyable or made her like the backup character. Or, see, it's hard because they center the story around her, which would be fine. It's just you don't really care about her. They would don't you, give you a reason to care about her. What do you think the the story would center around the Daniel Craig character? You he, think, right? Because he's the one he's the one trying to figure out what's going on. So he, you'd think everything would have to be like through his through his lens. No, they just play him as like a plot device. Like he's just the reason why cuz they said like the whole thing is the the patriot or like the dad, the rich dad guy like committed suicide randomly. Yeah. And then they're going to fight over the will and all that stuff cuz it's all the kids and everything. And then Daniel Craig character is hired by somebody who he doesn't know who hired him to solve the mystery or some shit. And he's just used as a plot device because if it wasn't for him, the, the cops are just like, oh, that's a clear suicide. You know, case closed. Yeah. So he's the reason why the case keeps opening because he wants to keep investigating. 
Which doesn't make sense either because he didn't know who hired him. They just sent him a big wad of money. Just fucking, okay. Go, yeah. I, I said it was a suicide. Game over. And then, uh, which that, that was really fucking stupid too, the conclusion of that. But he just kind of faded in and out. Again, the main who got the most screen time was this maid that you don't give a shit about. Mm. So if they just made her character a little more interesting, not so bumbling and boring, it, it would have been a better movie. See, I heard that they're supposed to be doing a sequel. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna watch it. Now I don't know if that's supposed to like. Why would they say sequel? Like they mean like, yeah, something happens with the whole new family, or if it's a continuation yeah. with like this family. Like, I think it would have to be a new family. I hope it would be, because I like whodunits, but they're it's hard to do them right. And this one, the story was there, but I, I really feel this was one of those movies that the media hyped up a lot. And then, then people just kind of went on the train and was like, yeah, because again, it's a fun movie. If you don't, if you go into it, not thinking, because I, I literally solved the movie in the first 20 minutes and oh, I'm yeah. not, and I'm actually like not really good at, at uh, solving mystery things like that because writers usually have, you know, pretty good twist in there. But this one, I, I solved right away and I was like, oh, this can't, that'd be so stupid if that's how I it say, went down. It, it probably got a lot more hype because of like the cast, you know, yeah. like the big cast that it has. And see, the the thing that I heard about it was it was just kind of like, you know, it kept on would take you on these different like twists and stuff. And then it just kind of stopped. And uh, I think it was Mark Bernardo and I was listening to was saying like, if they just did like more, if they just stayed with. Like, the, the, the twisting, like, it would have been, you know... Yeah. Well, like I said, each each character had a great motive to kill the old man. Like, they set that up so every character shitty had dad. a motive. Real shitty dad. No, they were shitty. Okay. He was, like, a great dad that gave them all money and then cut them off. Okay. For various reasons. And that's why they, they had a motive to kill him, because they got cut off of the money. But, like I said, that was all great. And if, like you were just saying about the twist and stuff, if they would go into each one, like whatever twist they went on, if they just followed that, it'd be great. Yeah. But they didn't. They gave away the whole, the, well, obviously it's a murder. It's a mystery. They gave away the murder relatively soon. They show you exactly what happened to the old man. And uh, it's really fucking stupid. And then obviously there's a plot twist to that, that, uh, that happens a little later, you know, at the end and stuff. But it wasn't satisfying. You already, like I said, I guessed it really quickly. And uh, especially as soon as they showed that, I was like, well, I obviously know what happened here. Because you get a kind of, uh, oh, the maid is the reason he's dead. But it shows the whole scene of her being there and, like, some kind of accident happened. And it's just like, this is fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. It's not worth your time. You <sighs> know what I did? I started um, the HBO show The Outsiders. I started watching the first episode on the weekend, but I wasn't in the right mind state. So I was like, I, I'm going yeah, to start it, this at a better... It's definitely a movie where you 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 have to have time put aside. Because yeah. each episode is like an hour. Yeah. And then just like the, you know, it's a it's kind of like a cop mystery thriller with like supernatural things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to like dates and times and places like you know what i mean it's it's not one of those things you could like have on where you're just like you know sitting on the couch like trying to you know bullshit with the missus or something like you know what i mean yeah that's like how so that'd be better to maybe this week and i'll get into it or something there's there's a lot of tv shows out right now you want to know what i wasted my day doing watching the um the first like three hours of a four hour documentary series on on um how the um McDonald's Monopoly game was uh, rigged. My sister was telling me about that, and I was like, yeah, because nobody ever won. 
Well, no, people won. It was just everybody in the same family won. Well, that's what I mean. Like, no actual, like, regular citizen. Yeah. She, like, she said from it, you couldn't even actually win by getting food. You had to do something with some magazine submission or something. Well, they were like, because I guess back then, because in the early 90s, they would have, they would have like, they would have, like, ads in magazines where you could peel off the things. But, like, um, because oh, I didn't finish it. But it was like this mobster guy had like an inn and he was selling like the, and I don't know why he would do this, but he'd be, he was selling like what you would need to win like the million dollars for like, like 50 grand. But I guess because like he can't, you know, it's not like how many hundred, like how, how many million dollar tickets can he yeah. turn in? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not interested in that. Seems like the fucking things that aggravate me. <laughs> and on that note, I think Nitro wants to eat dinner because he's fucking hungry. Are you hungry? You hungry? <sighs> he always wants goddamn water when it's locked up. <laughs> I don't understand. It's out all day and he doesn't want to touch it. As soon as I close the thing to plug in the podcast stuff, don't yell at me. You want to be on the podcast? Come here. Go ahead. Speak. Oh. Yeah. That what people want to hear. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that was a rousing episode for your... Sometimes we need just one of these chill, boring episodes yeah. where we don't talk about anything important. All right, I'm hurrying it up. We're, we're, we're finishing, bud. We're finishing. <laughs> if you want to see what we're doing, you can go to drunkapenwriting.com. You can, <laughs> shit. you can follow us on Twitter at drunkapenwriting, on Instagram at drunkapenwriting, or Facebook at drunkapenwriting. If you would like... Oh, he's getting vicious. <laughs> yeah. If you would... Uh, if you would... Uh, okay, bye. What's that game? He's coming tonight! <laughs>